So you guys like coffee? Well, good, because we've partnered up with the best. Blackout Coffee Company is America's best small batch coffee. The true patriotic roasters of freedom nectar that lets you stay on your grind all day, every day. Blackout Coffee Company offers signature blends, single-serving coffee pods, and several types of loose teas. You can order those as needed, or you can join a monthly subscription. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiot.com, look for the Blackout Coffee Company link, and make sure you use promo code ROBW10, that's R-O-B-W-10, for some immediate savings. Have you been searching for something healthy and natural to make you feel better and get you back on the up and up? Let me introduce you to Life Cycle Mushroom Tinctures. Life Cycle is now transformed into an evolutionary mushroom biotechnological company that harnesses the great potential mushrooms possess. Life Cycle's mission is to deliver the highest possible ethos attached to the incredible professional products to those who wish to upgrade their wellness and reach their true potential. Let's start with Turkey Tail for your gut health, Rishi for relaxation, Lion's Mane for focus, Cordyceps to help your body realize its true natural potential, and shiitake for your hair, nail, and skin support. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiots.com, look for the Life Cycle link, use CSIPOD10 for a promo code to help you save some money today. This was never about money for us, it was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Cigar Store Idiots Podcast. I am Rob, and I know we promised that we were going to do the college football preview this week, and uh, we actually have been promising to do one on sex trafficking. Um, it just lined up this way, and we got to do it. And so I got in here with me today a very special guest. Sir, if you will introduce yourself to the to the, to the masses. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Guy Wilson. I work for the Georgia Bureau of Investigation out of the uh, Region 1 field office that covers, uh, we cover 11 counties uh, in northwest Georgia, basically everything north of Harrelson County all the way to the Tennessee line. So you're a very busy man. Yes, sir. You're always <laughs> on the go. So, And that's why we wanted to go ahead and do this too. And I was, um, I know you're super busy, so I really do appreciate you taking the time to get in here and let's knock this thing out. So yeah, I appreciate the offer. It's a very, uh, very touchy subject with a lot of people and everybody that listens to this show knows how we feel about, uh, that the specific topic of sex trafficking. Um, so it's going to be good to get some insight from you on some certain things maybe that's going on. I know everybody likes to think it's a big city problem. Everybody likes to think it's something that's just going on in Atlanta or something that goes on in New York or Los Angeles and things like that. But really, I think people will be shocked to know just how close, uh, you know, things happen, you know, right in your own backyard. Absolutely. I mean, uh, certainly the problem is much worse, you know, in your Atlanta and metro areas, but we still have, you know, sex trafficking, labor trafficking and all that stuff that goes on, you know, right here in Northwest Georgia. Right. So before we get any further into the real serious subject matter, uh, let's go ahead. Uh, I'd want to do you justice and do this for you. So on today's what the Florida, I always say, does this really happen? 
I don't know. Let's see. Uh, Palmetto, Florida, 18-year-old Willie Edwards, who looks like he may be a fan of Nicki Minaj. I actually thought Willie was a female <laughs> in the picture. Uh, he was arrested and booked into the Manatee County Jail um, after officers stopped him driving with an unregistered vehicle. Uh, the incident report said that the man's purse was searched upon arrest, and they found two cans of pepper spray and two cans of fart spray. I don't nice. Know, I don't know why. Uh, the incident report uh, does not explain why uh, he had the cans of fart spray. Uh, uh, he just had them there for safekeeping, he said. That's what he told the police. Um, he was freed on a $120 bond. Uh, he is scheduled for August 22nd court appearance on the misdemeanor registration charge. Fart have, spray. Uh, have you ever been sprayed by pepper spray? Have you ever been I, hit by OC spray? No. It sucks. I got to show you a picture of, of, of Mister Edwards. It's, it's okay. it's nice. Yeah. Is that a it, ponytail on top of his head? What is that? It looks like ramen noodles. Ah, I don't know. It's nice. Whatever. So, um, no, I have never been pepper sprayed. What's the gift that keeps on giving? Because uh, <laughs> I've, I've I've been sprayed. Uh, of course, you know, back in the day when I worked for uh, the local sheriff's office to carry it, you have to get sprayed with mm-hmm. it, right? So um, that happened, and, you know, it burns, and it burns really, really bad. But what they don't tell you is is uh, after that initial burn has gone home, and later on that night you go home and you take a shower, well, guess what? It just reactivates it? And it kind of runs down. Oh. So, yeah, so uh, not only is no. your, your face burning, but your entire body may be burning by the time. It's not good. <laughs> no, it, it uh, it's terrible. It's, it's now, terrible. Now, I did learn this, uh, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you guys get pepper sprayed, you wash your eyes out with Johnson & Johnson baby shampoo. Is that right? That That's correct. And a lot of people, um, I've, I've seen guys literally with a gallon of milk pouring it all over their face, you know, and yeah. I guess I've, I've never done that personally, but yeah. you know, they, they say you drink or eat something really hot, you know, you drink some milk, it right. kind of, you know, uh, detents it intensifies the heat some but um but yeah i used johnson johnson baby wash and still it was it was a good 30 minutes before i could probably even open my eyes i was still hurting but yeah. i could at least open my eyes again <laughs> i had a guy he had brought me some uh some hot sauce from louisiana voodoo death sauce i think's the name of it it was actually i'm telling you you could only use like i would make chili and i'm talking about put a drop maybe two Mm-hmm. If you did any more than that, it wasn't even edible. I mean, it just would just, I don't like really, really hot stuff, but I like it for like a little bit of flavor. And uh, I had got it, he had sent that to me and I opened it up and I smelled it and I was letting everybody all oh, smell this, it smells hot, you know, so it's going to light you up, it's hot. And uh, my dumb self, uh, I guess I'd got it on my hand, my finger or whatever when I'd opened the cap somehow um, and uh, I'd rub my eye Oh, and man, I went, um, I actually was working, uh, I was working, I had a gym out in Armurchie, and so it was out there in the Food Line Shopping Center, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to go over to CVS, and I bought baby shampoo and washed my eye out with it, and it did it did help, it did work, but my eye was like swelled completely right, right. shut. It, it helps, but it doesn't uh, cure it by any means. And I was like, what kind of good sense do I have putting this in food and eating it? So it makes, that's, a, that's not very smart. Well, since you brought it up, I'm going to have to throw out my uh, hot sauce story uh, with a group of... Uh, guys and we were down at Appalachia Cola deep sea fishing and we went to a place called Papa Joe's for oysters you know and stuff before dinner and 
they had some hot sauce down there. I'll never forget. It was called Magnum 357. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know at the time, but uh, one of the guys I was with put some, you know, on the oysters or whatever. So I grabbed one and eat it. And I mean, like instantly. It like ruined your whole time. So the lady brings out the bottle. The lady feels bad, goes back and gets some milk for me and the other guy that they tricked with this stuff. Yeah. And she brings the bottle out. And I can't remember how many Scoville heat units it was, but it was literally like 10 million Scoville heat units hotter than the pepper spray we no carried at the time. Way. And like it had, a, it comes with a little dropper. You know, you're supposed to put like a little, you know, teeny tiny drop. Yeah. They had doused. Why do people eat it like that? Too? I don't. That don't make sense to me. Well, they did it for a joke. Oh, they a got joke. A, oh yeah, they thought it was hilarious. Yeah. We were sitting over there literally crying. <laughs> I mean, like physically crying. Yeah. I had, I think the meanest thing, we, well, probably not the meanest thing I ever did, but it, it ranks up there with that. Uh, we had talked to one of our buddies in, uh, I think when Roussalons had first opened up the sushi place. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they give you your wasabi and he's, oh, like, yeah. he's like, what is this? And he's like, it's avocado. Do you like avocado? <laughs> I love avocado. He stuffed that whole little glob in his mouth. Ooh. And, uh, if you ever remember watching the, what, the three stages when Shimp would get choked or whatever, <laughs> he's like, yip, 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 like the whole time. And he's gagging and coughing and crying and. Uh, we're laughing, and uh, he didn't want to go eat lunch with us anymore after that. He's, <laughs> it's funny for everybody, but he's pretty victim. much done with us <laughs> yeah. after that point. So, <laughs> uh. well, um, this the topic is, is it's not a fun topic, uh, but I just think it's an important topic uh, tonight. We're going to talk about sex trafficking, human trafficking, um, and I'm just going to kick it off with uh, kind of reading you some some facts on it. And again, uh, like I said, anything that comes across your mind, uh, you know, feel free to chime in on any of it. Uh, it's referred to now as modern day slavery, and uh, you know, according to Homeland Security, human trafficking involves the force, fraud, or coercion uh, to obtain some type of labor, labor or commercial sex acts from somebody. Um, the with the with the actual force is we're talking about uh, when you're getting there's a violence or fear, uh, something they attack that they may use or say is. If you don't do this, we'll hurt your family. Um, you know, and if you don't come back with a thousand dollars, you're going to pay. You know, or, or you know, violence or whatever means. Fraud is if they're they're promising you something. Uh, say like, uh, just for an example, uh, if you want to be in this music video, you got to go out and make this money for us. You know, go out and you know sleep with sleep with these people. Sure, and in in, in my experience, a lot of it is you know, sex trafficking slash labor trafficking, because like you said, they use the threat of bringing, you know, especially people from outside the United States over here under the the promise that, you know, they're going to have a better life over here and stuff, but they have to come over here and they have to work in, in this business for X amount of time, sometimes mm-hmm. for literally pennies, you know, an hour uh, in exchange for help getting, you know, their visa or citizenship over right. here. Um, so there's, there's a lot of, of times that, you know, things like that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, and, and I can go with the story. I actually worked for a family, um, years ago and I remember they were, they were Korean people and really nice people, but they had all the relatives and, and friends of relatives that would work there and they worked like all hours of the night. Like work nonstop. Oh yeah. When they ate lunch, they ate like fifteen minutes, wolfed it down, and went right back to work. And I remember I would get off at five o'clock because sure. But these people would stay, and and I would always wonder why they stayed so long. And 
my excuse that I was given was, well, they don't speak good English and they don't really have anywhere to go, so they'd rather stay here and work and make money. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you're talking about these folks sometimes work 18, 19, you know, 20 hours a, a day. Um, I know we've we've seen situations in the past where, you know, you've got a, a house. It's a, for example, say it's a two or three bedroom house, one bathroom, and you've got 20, you know, people living in that house and they, uh, you know, all work for the, the same business and they're all, you know, here trying to, you know, make a better life for themselves and were brought over here under at least what they believed was, you know, legitimate. the American dream. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you got coercion. Uh, you have threats, pressure, and shame. Just to give you an, an example of some verbiage just used there is uh, just do this one thing and, uh, and I won't send your nude photos to your families or friends. That, that, and that actually, happens a lot. That happens more than people realize. So um, I'm not sure how many, uh, you know, teenage kids we have out here. Oh, my God. Let me uh, let me go ahead and throw this out there. When you send that nude picture, you know, it's out there in Even Internet land. Even if it's land. on Snapchat, yeah, it's still it's, out there. It's out there in Internet land, and, you know, it, there's no such thing as, you know, deleting it. Um, there's some guy that lives in his mom's basement that's already pulled that file. Probably. <laughs> so but, yeah, we run into that a lot. Like, hey, you know, send me, you know, 500 bucks, or I'm going to send this, I'm going to post you know, these nude pictures you sent me on, yeah. you know, Facebook, Instagram. I'm I'm old. I'm still rocking the Facebook, man. I don't gotcha. know what all the other uh, social media platforms uh, are. but <laughs> it's, it's such a necessary evil for what we do with this podcast. I I, I literally this morning woke up and I was like, I'm going to delete every bit of my social media. I'm just so over the garbage that it's on there every single day. So Oh, yeah. But uh, I have to do this and promote it. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's not going anywhere anytime soon, folks. So. Um, you can look at it as, uh, you know, a multitude of different ways. Every pimp or trafficker and victim has a unique story. Uh, the common factor is that no one's immune. Like it doesn't matter where you grow up. If you, if you're growing up in a, in a rough household or if you're growing up uh, with, you know, parents that love you, things like that, um, you can very easily make one wrong decision and end up on that slippery slope and tied up with the wrong people. This this got you in this. It got you in a mess. Very much, and I I think you hit the nail on the head. I've I've seen you know victims of sex trafficking that literally came from wealthy affluent families. You know that that live in five hundred thousand dollar plus you know million dollar houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe made some wrong decisions and ended up on the the wrong side of the the tracks. Just like I've seen people that come from the poorest community. You know that didn't have you know, anything growing up, you know, that fall victim to the same circumstances. So, yeah, it does not discriminate, uh, but you do look at some of the circumstances you have of runaways, runaways, a good bit of those do end up in the business. I don't want to call it the business in the, in the trade. Uh, they end up in it. Um, you got people that's in and out of foster care, history of child abuse, those things like that. Uh, those, those are kind of broken people that's looking for something better in life. And uh, I'll get to different categories of, of certain types of pimps that look for certain people just like that from those broken homes. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, sex trafficking has been reported in all 50 states of the United States. 83% of those U.S. victims are United States citizens. That's alarming. I wow, mean, you is. would think you would think that that's something that goes on, uh, like we're bringing people in from another country to do these things. No, 83% of, of the people... Being sex trafficked in the United States are United States citizens. And so. you said those 
those stats were pulled from Department of Homeland Security? This this a group called Guardian Group, the Guardian okay. Group, and they work with many different facets of law enforcement to help uh, recover and uh, rescue these girls and boys. Mm-hmm. Be surprised uh, with the boys. It's uh, it's it's this whole. I mean, it's such a rabbit hole, such a dark rabbit hole to go down. Um, and and I can kind of go into that. You're looking at average recruitment age, anywhere from 13 to 15 years old is where they where they like to believe. Uh, and then for males, you're looking at uh, you're looking at eight to five years old for males. And it, it, I think it's important that you bring that up because most of the time, you know, you think of sex trafficking victims as being you know predominantly female. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you said, there is. Uh, I, I again, I don't have the stats sitting here in front of me like you do, but I would imagine that there is a significant amount of males that you know are trafficked as it's well. A, it's Probably, alarming. Yeah. They, uh, the other thing too, we were looking at, we were talking about um, one of the other things in Mexico. Kids are trafficked so much in Mexico now, and it's such a big business there. And actually, uh, this information came. Uh, I know everybody's probably seen The Sound of Freedom by now. If you haven't. Go check it out. Have you got to see it yet? I have not. I want to see it. Um, I had left the movie theater before I got a chance to see it here. I gotcha. But I've heard such really good things about yeah. it. So as soon it, as it hits uh, Amazon Prime, I guess. Y'all over it. <laughs> yeah. so, but uh, they these these traffickers are making so much money, and it's such a lucrative business. They they actually have, when they host these these events or parties uh, to have these these abusers come in, uh, to either sell the kids to them or they have the kids uh, that are there just for like a party. They also have uh, uh, physicians there. So once this is over with, they stitch the kids back up, whether mm. they're to be sold or they're for later on for, for another use. Um, and they and they ask the lady. She's like the lady that's running this operation there. They ask her, you know, what? You know, like she's so bold and so brazen about it, you know, but her her thing is is hey this is mexico and these kids are there somebody's going to rape them anyways at least we're sending them home with a little bit of money and that's the rationality they have on it so uh, it's it's such sickening. a it's unreal uh the things that these these poor kids are having to go through um if you look the depth of the issue in the united states is extremely understudied and it's believed that only 1% of the victims self report a recent study done by the university of texas discovered that right now in texas alone there are seventy nine thousand minors for sale in Texas alone, and you got to look. That's right there on the border too. So that's right. probably inflated numbers because of that. Another uh, study had asked, actually estimated that the number of children who are at risk or have already been pulled into sex trade would fill one thousand three hundred school buses. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot. It's too kids. many. One too many. So, um, and then the key partners in this thing. You got business development like social media. They're using social media to find these people to find to find victims sure. that they can start going after. And we'll get into that a little bit too. Um, it's uh, you got the customers, uh, you got the the victims' proposition with a value like from from how young the 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 trafficked child is to uh, male or female, uh, to how long they've been in trade, to if they're new to trade, all those factors in, uh, in, and there's more, and there's more money. 
uh, for certain things. So well, and and I know you kind of alluded to this earlier when caught yourself calling it a business, but unfortunately, that's what it is. It is a business yeah. now. You know, it's not a good business. No. I mean, it's not a, a business that we want to have. Um, and this isn't a shameless plug, but I mean, fortunately, Georgia. Uh, Governor Kemp recognized that, you know, it's a problem, and they actually created a human exploitation trafficking task force. Um, a good friend of mine is actually on that task force, and, like, they, that is the cases that they work every day. Um, and as much as I hate to say it, he stays busy. Sure. I mean, traveling all over the state. So, um, as a matter of fact, I talked to him yesterday, you know, let him know that I was coming on the – the show and told him, you know, wanted to bring him back one day and he was headed to South Georgia. He lives almost in Tennessee, but he was literally traveling all the way to South Georgia to work one of these type cases. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to have him in if he he can get the time to do it for sure. It's, it's, I, I don't know, you know, the stats for the entire state, but there's 159 counties in the state of Georgia. And I would venture to say 150 of them, if not all 159, you know, have this type of, you know, crimes going on, uh, you know, labor trafficking, sex trafficking. Um, you know, they have a lot of the more of the labor stuff down in South Georgia where you've got, you know, some of the, the bigger farming fields and stuff. But, I mean, it, it literally goes on all across the state. And Georgia's at least recognized that and, right. you know, is, is taking steps to, to try to make it better. If you take a look, you know, we were talking about as far as how, how lucrative it was and how it is um, – at the rate it's going now, it's going to surpass the gun and drug trade. If you can even imagine that. That's, it's going to pass the drug and gun trade. That's um, crazy. The one thing that I think they're trying to do now, which I think is a good move in the right direction, and I hope more states get involved and get on board with this, uh, you know, typically at 18 years old and older, what we're looking at is is prostitution at that point. Okay. So, except for Ohio, is 16. I didn't know if you knew that or not. I did not know that. And Ohio is a humongous hub. It's right in the center of the United States, and that's mm-hmm. where you know all the interstates go through Ohio. So, it's a huge sex trafficking uh, hub there. But uh, what they're, what hopefully is going to happen in the future is if these other states and these lawmakers get on board and legislation's passed, where they can find this 18-year-old girl who's been in this for four years, who was 14 when she got pulled in and then they can go back and they can, they can possibly um, have a stronger, steeper charge for the pimp or the trafficker at that point. That's what they're trying. That's certain States are working to do that now, Uh, but it's going to take all of them. It's not, and you know, one or two States is not going to do it. It's going to take every state to be able to sit down, have that conversation with that lady, find out what happened in the beginning and, you know, she's she's been trafficked since she was 13, 14 years old. Somebody, you know, that guy's got to be held accountable for the things. That's, there shouldn't be a statute of limitations on, on, on this topic no, to, I, in the situation. I, I agree totally. And one of the other unfortunate things about these types of cases is a lot of times these children were, you know, trafficked or inundated into this lifestyle at such a young age, they don't even know that they're a victim. They don't. They don't realize it. They don't know themselves that they're right. a victim, um, and it's very, very unfortunate. It takes you know the work of law enforcement and 
you know, mental health professionals. I mean, this isn't something, you know, that, that somebody just comes to terms with overnight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, like you said, you've been trafficked for, you know, the last four or five years since you were, you know, 10, 12 years old. This is all you know. Right. And it's very unfortunate, but a lot of them don't even realize that they're victims. And they're so morally and mentally demolished uh, that, you know, from the very beginning. Um, that's the other thing we were, telling, we were kind of going to touch on a little bit. You talk about drugs and you talk about guns. You can sell those drugs one time. You can sell that gun one time. But a trafficked child can be sold multiple times. Yeah. You're that that trafficked child or or even even adult they could they could possibly, you know, see 10 to 15 Johns a day on a daily basis. 7 days a week. They're not taking days off. Right. Like, could you imagine and and it's and it's tough and it's hard for me to talk about, but you got if you can imagine the trauma that goes in with someone that's been raped one time and that's lifelong trauma that they carry for the rest of their life. You can imagine this happening 10 times a day. Same trauma, 10 times a day for the next, you know. And it's, it's sad because when you see four some or five of these, years, when you see some of these victims, you know, there's almost like no life left in their eyes. You know, they, they've just been um, unplugged. Yeah, unplugged. That's a, that's a good term to use. Yeah, just kind of unplugged. Um, but it's definitely a problem. And again, nobody has all the answers, but fortunately we've got good people that are, you know, working to, to try to help these, you know, victims. And, but it's, it's definitely a problem. One of the things, there was one guy, they had, uh, I can't, I don't know this gentleman's name and I, I didn't care to research his name because he's, he's an animal, but he'd been, uh, he had been arrested multiple times for uh, for um, child pornography and uh, and and having inappropriate relationships with underage kids. And they asked him, "What did he look for? Like, why? You know, because he he had a ton. He'd done it a ton of times. Yeah. And they asked him, like, "What do you look for? Like, how do you know? You know, you can do this and get away, you got away with it for so long?" He said, "Well, the first thing I looked at. And please, everybody, pay attention when I say this." The first thing he looked at was if there was a strong, dominant male figure in that household. And mm. if there was, that's the one he stayed away from. He never made an attempt on anybody that had a strong, male, dominant figure in the household. They specifically, he specifically targeted, and then the, the rest of them do too. They target um, females from broken homes, uh, you know, self-esteem, uh, you know, self-worth, um, when you get that age, when you're looking at that 13, 14, 15-year-old age, that's the awkward phase. So everything's awkward. They feel ugly. You know, they, they there's there's they just want some some reassurance or some some attention from somebody to make them feel good or make them feel better about themselves. And that's what these people do. That's what they look for. They they get on social media. I'll give you a I'll give you a stat here. I'm bouncing back and forth here, which will absolutely blow your mind. Um, but until I get there, uh, social media is the number one place that they find. They look right now is social media and sure. they get on these accounts. Um, and they are, they are apex predators when it comes to f- looking for those specific things in a, in an underage girl, mostly an underage girl with this, with this. Um, and they reach out to them, uh, and then they start promising things or, you know, get them to meet them. They're going to give them a gift or, 
uh, things like that. The, anything to build the confidence or, or let them feel loved or, or, or something like that. That's the grooming part. That's, That's the part that, you know, they see that these kids don't have a stable home life. They don't have a stable, you know, family, father figure, what have you. And they portray themselves to be that missing piece that they've always been looking for. I mean, these, these guys know what they're doing. They, they realize, you know, there's a deficit there. And, okay, well, I'll play the part. You know, I'll step up and I'll – I'll be your protector, you know, I'll be I'll be your daddy and and things like that and like you said they just they look for weaknesses that they can that they can exploit. Yeah, exploit. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're good. Uh, I don't know, maybe this uh this blackout coffee's making me smart today. I don't know. <laughs> um they they had actually uh interviewed a predator and uh, statements he would look for on social media were certain things such as I have the worst parents in the world or I'm so over school, or I have no friends, or I look fat today, you know, I'm so ugly, those things. Uh, and that allowed the predator to actually connect and relate uh, and offer a solution to the victim. And they used what was called the shotgun approach. And they would connect with several different um, potential victims to see how many they could get to fall into their trap. I don't know, um, oh, and, th- and, this, and this also says, like we went back talking about runaways, one in seven uh, runaways uh, will most likely become a victim of child sex trafficking. One in seven, uh, and that's that's a very high um, percentage. You know, in addition to the the heat unit, you know, the human trafficking aspect that the GBI has the task force. Uh, one of my very very good friends is the uh, Internet Child uh, Internet Crimes Against Children, the ICAC task force for the state of Georgia, and those guys, like, they have so much work. I mean, they are constantly, because they are constantly getting, you know. They these, never stop. I, I don't see. Never stop. I don't see how they do it. They are literally doing a search warrant every day somewhere across the state. One of my favorite things, and I hate social media, one of the good things I liked about TikTok was um, these groups, and, and they kind of were rogue. I mean, there's there's always a bad chance that somebody's going to get shot in one of these things. I'm waiting for that to happen. But they would communicate with predators online and set up a meeting point, and then they would go up. They would be wearing body cam. They're not law enforcement. I've seen. I've and seen they those would videos. Expo- they yeah. would exploit. They expose these guys, uh, and then they had law enforcement there to actually. Uh, you know, it was a crime. They committed a crime. Right. They're sending nudes to a fourteen year old girl. And you would be amazed how many times, like when when one of these children are identified on one of these predators computers or you know uh telephone whatever that when you go and you sit down and you talk to the victim because they're a victim at that point absolutely so they'll say well yeah i I, yeah that's me i sent that picture but i I sent that picture to you know this 14 year old girl i met you know Mm -hmm. another 14 year old Mm -hmm. kid and it's like Wrong. I, that may be what they told you, but yeah. it's really, you know, some some creepy old guy that's sitting in, you know, mom's basement, yes. you know, in, in 15, 2,000 miles away. Yeah. The other, the other thing scary, too, about that whole that whole thing is these guys um, that do this, there's one in Colorado. I forgot where the other group was. that uh, they, They're pretty they, – I mean, it it is unbelievable how many people they catch. And it's like every day. Every day, dude, it's like catching fish in a barrel. I mean, they're they're so. That's the scary part is there's so many of them. And when they ask them, they ask them, "Do you you knew she was fourteen years old? 
why did you keep communicating with it after you found out there were 14? And there, every single one of them, I'll say every single one of them says, well, I didn't think I'd get caught. And then they say, well, how many, how many 14-year-old girls are you talking to right now? And it's that whole shotgun approach. There's no telling how many they're talking to. There no is, telling. There is a, uh, a girl here. I'm not going to use her name, but um, she's a, a police officer here for a local agency. And, and one of the things she does is these type of cases, you know, people that are looking for kids on the Internet and stuff. And you would be amazed, like, her – she is constantly, her phone is blowing up. Never stops. Never stops. I mean, she's had people come from, I, I can't remember what state it was, but I want to say it was somewhere like Ohio or somewhere. like. I mean, somebody came from like five or six states over, drove like eight, nine, you know, ten hours to meet what they thought was going to be a, a, you know, 14-year-old girl, but instead it was the police. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, and, and it's the whole thing with the grooming. That's what we were talking about. Uh, 85% of those victims report developing a very close relationship for the, with the trafficker. And I'll go ahead and give you a couple of, um, uh, these, they, they have names for them. And, uh, I think they all fit pretty well. Um, the one that I'll talk about now is the Romeo pimp. It's a tactic of developing and nurturing a relationship with a the victim. Uh, they manipulate their victim into believing that there's truly some romantic relationship that's going to happen. Um, and this is done by buying the victim gifts, taking them out to eat, spoiling them from uh, some form or another. Um, this tactic creates a bond between the victim and the trafficker. And often the victim believes she is selling herself because it's how she contributes to the relationship. Just go sleep with this guy right here and we'll have enough money and we can do this. And, and you won't have to do it anymore. Yeah, it's, it's. That, that's, again, filling that, that void that they've got because they feel like there's nobody out there that loves them. You know, they're unlovable. You know, they're, they're, they think that they're ugly. Yeah. They think that they're fat. But, you know, here comes what you said, yeah. Romeo yeah. Pimp. And, Girl, yeah. I'll get you some chili cheese fries. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's, takes them out, you know, to a, what, you know, probably to them is a nice dinner. Sure. You know, Applebee's or something like that. But. I mean, that's something that they don't have at home or they didn't have at home. You know, they didn't have anybody that paid them attention. They didn't have anybody that told them they were. That was it. Nobody paid them attention. They they just felt like they didn't care. Uh, The second type of trafficker we'll talk about is the gorilla pimp. Um, They use violence to gain control and power over the victim. Uh, The victim do whatever they are told based on the fear of what will happen if they do not comply. And a lot of times that'll be, you're going to do this or I will kill you. You don't do this. I'm going to kill your family. Um, I'm going to, you know, just or they've seen physical violence taking place uh, in front of them, whether they've attacked them or they usually when a pimp will have a house, they'll have the house, the house. She kind of keeps all the girls in line and then they call the other girl. I think I believe they call her the bottom bitch. Yep. And she's like the she's she polices the situation. She kind of tells on everybody for doing whatever they do. And uh, a lot of times, she's the one that takes that initial beating in front of everybody uh, because they know that he loves her more than they than he does the rest of them. And if he'll beat her almost to death, I can only imagine what he would do to me. Yeah, she so she would be, you know, the, the boss, I guess, of uh, all those other girls, you know. And like you said, you know, she, she's a victim herself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she may not realize that in her own mind, but, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, she's just as much of a victim as, you know, the, the other girls. And when they get to that status, too, with the pimp, it's probably they've been there a while. 
Like they've been there a long time. And some yeah. of these girls, you know, like you said, five, six, you know. It's a life, so, it's a lifelong career. Yeah. Um, and then we'll look at the other one, which I think is every single one of them is absolutely disgusting and repulsive to me. Uh, but this one, is, this one takes the cake, and it's the uh, familia trafficking, which you have a parent or a family member that actually pimps out the children for money, often to pay rent, buy food, drugs, or just free income. And that happens, man, that happens, uh, it happens so much. And it's, uh, it, I remember seeing, actually, Tim Ryan, they had went in, and there was a mom and an aunt. No, it was a mom and a grandma. And there were two Hispanic ladies, and they had Hispanic children. Uh, of course they did. Um, their ages, <laughs> what I meant to say was their ages was, uh, the ages was four to eight. There's three of them, I believe. And they connected with them online and went, and they were there to actually try out the merchandise before they paid for it. Wow. And the mom and the grandmom is like, oh, they, yeah, they'll, you know, they'll do this and they'll do that. And it's okay. Everything's fine. And see, so you, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, people are like, oh, you know, they portray that in, you know, taking 15 or whatever, you know, movie. But, like, I can tell you. Like, Art imitates life a lot. Yeah, it, it does. And I can tell you, like, things like that have happened. I, I know people that have, you know, traded their baby for dope. I mean, people that have, you know, mothers that have, you know, let other men come in and sleep with their children, you know, for, for money. Or drugs, I mean, things like that. It's not, it's not all smoke and mirrors in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I mean, this real. These things go on, you know, every day across the United States. Yeah, it's it, man, it's hard for me to even think about it. It is. Um, we'll take a look at uh, one of the survivors had actually said. Um, well, let me do this first. Breaking is is the very first initial uh, part of after you've been uh, after you've been taken. They break you first. And it is absolutely horrendous what happens next. Uh, the breaking phase occurs when the trafficker introduced the victim into the life. That's what they call it. Uh, for some, it can be very violent, uh, including a gang rape. For others, it may be given illicit massage to one of the predator's friends. Uh, shame is often used to maintain and control the statements used, such as, now you're just a whore. Nobody's going to believe you. Your family won't even love you anymore after this. You're the only one committing the crime. That's what they're telling them. Um, and then uh, once once they once they are going through the breaking stage, the breaking phase, it is very tough for them to come out after that because it's pretty much like we we had said they they get unplugged at that point. Right, they lose a little of their humanity, um, unfortunately. Um, this was a survivor saying after the first night I'd been with 10 people and I remembered at the end, just, uh, bawling my eyes out and my trafficker started to cry too, uh, and said, this is hard for me too. It's hard. Uh, it's hard, you know, for me, uh, to watch you cry like this. I know this is difficult, but we only have to do this a few more months and we'll get back on my feet and we can start the business that we're dreaming of any business that we're dreaming of. These girls really believe that these guys love them. Yes. that that's always it's, it's been, battered wife syndrome. Yeah, you're right. It, it's always been hard for me to wrap my head around that part of it. Like, you know, you've got a guy that's that's sending. You know, he loves you. You know, you're you're his girl. You're the most important thing to him. Go sleep with these. You know, 
10 guys today and bring, you know, bring me the money back. And you better have a thousand dollars or I'm going to beat the brakes off of you when you get back. here. Right. That's always just been hard for me to process personally, you know, how they can, but like you said, it's the, the breaking they've, they've literally targeted them because of, you know, the, the lack of structure in the home or whatnot. And, literally made them think, you know, that they're the only one that cares about them. And, you know, sometimes these guys are the only ones putting it, you know, if it wasn't for them. You wouldn't have, you know, yeah, so those they may be, shoes on your feet. Right. They may be staying in food. the the relax or the royal down there in Rome, but it's better than sleeping, you know, on the street. Sure. Um, it's just, it's frustrating. Um, you got that uh, automatic and maintenance phase comes in after breaking, and which that means, excuse me, that coffee is also giving me heartburn, uh, but it's just me. It ain't the coffee. Um, uh, once the victim, re- or victim reaches that phase, he or she basically is running on autopilot and continues to comply to avoid any conflict. Uh, you know, anything that the trafficker can threaten them with. Uh, this includes fear of violence, fear for their family being harmed, or fear that they are no longer worthy of anybody. Uh, 75% of those victims reported being advertised online while in the life after 2004. This is the, this is a crazy thing. I don't even know if Backpage is a thing anymore. But I know they used to traffic a lot of women on Backpage. That mm-hmm. was like a, like a darker web. Um, and uh, Backpage, uh, when these, Craigslist. When these women uh, would get abducted, they were already being sold immediately immediately being sold like as soon as they're abducted they're already being sold and it's just like we go back to taking you know like they're 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 auctioning off his his daughter or whatever it's happening online you don't have a bunch of rich uh foreign diplomats in a room with a bunch of sliding you know walls that can see them watch them dance in a prom dress that's that hollywood smoking yeah (laughs) but it's but it's straight up happening online there's people bidding on them online um you can go we'll take a look uh I want to get into um, the recent study also found that human traffic survivors have an alarming higher rate than average of suicide. Um, 23% of those survivors have attempted suicide compared to with 3% of the population with no prior domestic violence exposure. Uh, So of course the suicide rate is going to be high with those, with those folks. Um, It actually would go back to you saying, why don't they just leave? You know, everybody's like, why don't they just leave? It takes on average of seven attempts for the victim to leave the life compared to four attempts with the domestic violence. So yeah. it takes them, you know, three times longer. Was that right? Three times? I don't, I'm terrible yeah. at math. I'm not a math guy either. But, uh, but it absolutely, uh, it, 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 it's still mind-boggling. Um, but then you can kind of see, too, I mean, I can't imagine being raped ten times a day, seven days a week for four years. It'd be hard for me to find any worth in myself. You yeah. know, it's... It's just unheard of. It's just well, and oftentimes they they get them addicted uh, to drugs. Yes, you know, and that's you know where the whole lifeless thing because once they, they get them hooked, they, they become use, their drug dealer and their yeah, and they're not going to get them. They're not going to let them overdose. That's their cash cow. You know, they're not going to let them get overdose. Um, and I I want to get into that too. So we we'll, with them being the drug dealer. And also being the pimp, uh, this is something that, that uh, uh, this is another thing. This is how smart these guys are. So these guys, these pimps, will get these girls pregnant. And they'll either get them pregnant to beat them into submission because they're afraid their baby's going to die. So they'll listen to anything and everything they say, do whatever they tell them to do. Or they use it 
as another avenue to make money, um, they uh, they use they use these women for fetish porn. They can get more money out of their johns for that. Um, and one of the one of the most ass backward, like the, the father's rights. Okay, father's rights. You can't leave and not tell the dad where you're going in any state in the United States. Wow. So they can never leave. They have this child with this woman. She can never leave. He always has to know where they are. Yeah, that that's... There's no way out it's at that point. Literally sickening. Um, and, and, like you know, I know you said it just a second ago, but there's literally any... Any possible thing you can think of as far as the sex trade goes, there is a market for it. It's there, it. yeah. Yeah, if you can think it, think it up, it's there, it's there. There are people that want to, you know, have sex with a pregnant woman. There are people that, you know, any any kind of the most obscure fetish you could mm-hmm. think of, I promise you, you can go online somewhere and find, you know, a market for that. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what's... I, the name slips me, but what's the uh, the website where they sit there and they like people pay you money just to like put your feet on there? Like OnlyFans, OnlyFans. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, people people rake in tons of money. I mean, just for doing crazy stuff. Parting in a jar. Yeah, That's absolutely. Stupid. I mean, um, the you know we uh, we think that it's just. These shady backroom guys that are coming in, like if you watching the movie, you know it's the guy with a trench coat with a, his hat pulled down, wearing his sunglasses, so nobody sees his face. You would think that's the buyer. No, sir, that is not absolutely. That's absolutely not the case. Ninety nine percent of the buyers are male. They come from every walk of life. There's not one profile of a sex purchaser. Um, the recent study shows that some are married, and half of those have have young daughters themselves. And uh, only 6% of them uh, report being arrested for it. 25% of active buyers are considered high-frequency buyers, which keeps keeps the supply and demand going. Those purchase sex weekly or monthly. This group accounts for 75% of the market transactions. Uh, high-frequency buyers, um, they're more likely to have an annual income of $100,000 or more. They are most often report that uh, they're buying sex because they're just guys being guys, and they rarely believe the girl to be a victim. Most buyers stop for their own well-being in fear of contracting an STD uh, and for their physical safety. Only 6.6, I'm sorry, 16.6 stop in the fear of someone may find out. Um, it's It's wild. Well, like you said, I mean, it, it affects all walks of life. I mean, you know, I told you a few minutes ago about the uh, the local detective here that does a phenomenal job with the the sting operations, but she has had, you know, doctors, lawyers. There's been, you know, police officers. I mean, literally all walks of life. I mean, from from, you know, principals and teachers to – you know, doctors and lawyers, I mean, to, to, you know, custodians, you know, uh, environmental services, people, I mean, religious sectors. Oh, oh I yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, again, that one doesn't have a profile, you know, no. that, that, uh, the, the buyer does not have a, a, a 
you know, a cookie cutter profile. That's right. Um, the more a predator can create the feeling the victim must rely on them, the better control they'll have. Uh, and it can look like these certain things, uh, talking to the victim, um, uh, wait, taking all the victim's money. So the pimp or trafficker, uh, is relied upon for every single thing, uh, forcing the victim to, you know, to do some other illegal activity, like maybe selling drugs or stealing. We see that a lot of something times. Something like that. Cause then they have something to hold over their head. Well, and that way, you know, if, you know, they get the, the victim to sell the drugs or whatever. It kind of keeps their hands clean. Exactly. That, that happens a, a lot. And then also you're looking at moving a victim to another city or state, creating that separation from their friends and family. Isolation is uh, is one of the big things. They literally, you know, sit in a hotel room, you know, or a, or a house all day, you know, by themselves or with other victims, you know, and it's just like a – a constant revolving door, but yeah, it cuts. They cut them off from friends, family. Uh, the tactic they the tactic they often uh, fear is violence and harm against them. Uh, the victim says, in order to avoid a pimp or a trafficker, the threatening, um, they do whatever they're told. Uh, if not, they're reinforced at some point. Whether there's an act of violence on them or there's an act of violence in somebody in the house. Uh, making it known that the victim will not get any money or support from the pimp or trafficker if she tries to leave and that she will be homeless and poor and die on the street, convincing the victim that they would find wherever they went, wherever they tried to run, I will find you, and threatening to kill her or someone she loves if she tries to leave. Um, I think those are the two biggest things. Like you said, like, you know, you leave, you're on your own. You don't have anywhere to stay. You know, I, I may be putting you up in the the cockroach motel or whatever, but you got a roof over your head. You know, I may be giving you, you know, three things off the dollar menu at McDonald's, but you know, you leave, you're not getting that. And right. they use that, you know, to, to keep them there. Yeah. They, um, the other thing too, they, they use like, I guess kind of, these are like mind tactics, uh, mind control tactics. They're, uh, keep the victim awake all night, make them sleep deprived. Uh, so they're, they're easier to control when they're tired. They play mind games and convince them that they're crazy. They're continuously telling them that they are ugly. No one would want to be with them. Um, and they're just a prostitute, and nobody will ever love them after that. Um, then you got often the Romeo pimp situation. The victim does not identify as a victim. They believe that they are a boyfriend-slash-girlfriend relationship with that pimp or trafficker. Uh, the type of predator... That type of predator may use these following tactics to keep them around, promising to change. I'll change my ways, uh, blaming the abuse on stress, and then promising to go to counseling, but never following through with it. Uh, the Romeo Pimp situation, the victim also feels uh, shame or self-blame uh, for allowing this person to get in their life. They try, uh, the they feel like they're trapped in the situation, and they are a con- they are a victim of the consequences of their choices. The victims uh, in this type of situation are often uh, they form a, a like a, a traumatic bond with their with their uh, abductor, and they truly have feelings for them. They really love them. They have feelings for them. So crazy. They do. You know, it's like we talked about. It's just you know years and years of that mental beatdown. I mean, that's that's all they know, and and that's all they 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 think it's. Right. Like I said, you'd be surprised at how many 
don't see themselves as victims. Just like you said, they, they don't realize that they're victims. You know, they think that, oh, no, you know, he loves me. You know, he takes care of me. And somebody that loves you and will take care of you is not going to send you out to sleep with no, 10 strangers. never treat you that way. No. Um, here's the one thing, and then you can echo in on this, too. Um, when we talk about law enforcement, by the definition of uh, law enforcement exists to uh, enforce the laws, making it difficult for, uh, you know, the potential traffickers. Uh, the only thing, the only thing when what they're saying in these stats, may you may have something different. They're saying that less than 20% of law enforcement officers nationwide had, wide have any form of human trafficking specific training. Is that something new that it, law enforcement is having to now take a, take a hard look at? It is. Um, and you know, specifically I can, you know, speak to Georgia, but one of, uh, one of our initiatives here in Georgia, when governor Kemp took, office was the human sex trafficking. So I, I think that number has certainly improved with the, the state of Georgia. I mean, we, we take continuing education, of course, every year, like most professional um, occupations do, but there's been a much, there's been a much larger focus on human trafficking and mm-hmm. sex trafficking over the last, you know, five or six years. Gotcha. One other thing that they're looking at too, is they're trying to educate uh, hospitality industry. They're also trying to educate uh, medical uh, personnel, and they're also trying to educate corporate America. And when I say those things, what I mean is they're – me going through this, the thing that we're looking at, they're trying to get us to pay attention to uh, when we go on vacation and things, is if you see a girl who who looks lost or she looks out of place or out of sorts, and she's pacing, she seems nervous, but she's made up, nice makeup, really nice dress, but she's all alone. And then you see an older gentleman or another gentleman. It just, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I don't know. People probably look at me and my wife and go, that don't make sense, (laughs) but you can tell something's off in the situation. Um, a lot of times what happens is these, these, these victims will be, they'll be taken to these hotels. Well, they're all the Johns will come to the hotel and meet this girl. Okay. They're, they're staying in the hotel. They're sure. seeing all these different Johns in the same hotel. That's something that they're trying to educate the hospitality industry on. But then you got some hotels know what's going on, and they're getting paid absolutely under the table. Absolutely. So that's another hurdle that they're having to look at, you know, and try to try to overcome. But it's it's money's a root of all evil, you know. And I feel like in that situation, probably a lot of times there's a blind eye turned to they know what's going on and they just disregard it. Well, and I'm, I'm really glad you brought this up because this was something I was going to bring up. But like you said, people need to be, you know, socially, you know, aware Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, if you, if you stop off, you know, at a a truck stop on 75 and like you said, you see a a young girl walking around, you know, the, the parking lot, you know, with walking up to yeah, walking up to eighteen wheelers and stuff. Don't don't say, oh well, you know, I I may be wrong. I mean, I would rather you make that call and a patrol officer go out there and verify that you know either a that person's of age or you know everything's legit. Then for you to say, ah, oh, you know, I well, I don't know, I want to. I don't want to, I don't want to get involved. I, yeah, I don't it's want to get involved. None of my business. Yeah, um, but yeah, they are doing a much better job, especially like you said with the hotels of educating the staff there, because that that 
that is definitely something that happens. And there's uh you know managers and stuff that have called and it's like, hey, you know, look, I I don't I'm not saying something's going on, but something just doesn't you know sit right. You mm-hmm. know, I, I kind of got a bad feeling about this. You know, nobody's gonna. Nobody's going to get in trouble. No, the police sure. are not going to get mad if you make that phone call and say, "Hey, look, you know, there's there's a young girl out here, you know, with a, a much older guy. You know, it's kind of I just get a funny feeling. You know, something doesn't go with your gut instinct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make the phone call. Let let the proper authorities go out there and vet the situation. Hey, if it's you know all good, then no harm, no foul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if not, you may have just saved some. You know. 10, 12-year-old girl from, you know, fixing to be kidnapped. and Murdered. Yeah, taken away from her family, and, you know, nobody sees or hears from her for the next, you know, seven, eight, yeah. ten years. Yeah. And then the other thing with medical professionals, if you see a group of fe- – I mean, it's, you know. You know what's going on. You've got a group of females that come in, and they're all coming in to be – that they're, they're having issues below the belly button. All of them's sure. having the same issue. Yeah. It's a red flag. I mean, they just got to educate these, uh, like, medical professionals to what to look for. And then for them to know who to call and contact to to get involved to help, you know, the situation. Uh, and then the other one, uh, you're looking at corporate America. Well, when these guys are arrested for purchasing uh, these, these, these women or these girls – if they're using a corporate email address to make these transactions online, sure. They should be they should lose their job or they should be turned in. Absolutely. I mean every I mean when I worked at SunTrust, I know they could look through all your emails. I, I was I'm pretty about much to say, you had to sign a sign a document saying that you knew that that was going to happen. I think every corporate America their IT department can sit there and pull up every email you send and and receive and yeah, yes. if you you know if you're an IT director or or HR director and you see Okay, you know, Joe Smith at whatever dot com is making transactions to, you know, um, plenty of fish or you yeah. know wh- whichever you know site they're using that week. You should notify law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> these guys also too. I, I forgot to bring this up, but they um, these traffickers are also a lot of times they'll mark their girls with tattoos. Yeah, yeah. So they mark them just to let them know that you belong to me. Uh, and so. That's that's other things to look at too. That's that's something you can be vigilant and pay attention to. If you see one of these girls that kind of look like, oh, she's she looks she looks lost or she's nervous or there's something not right. I mean, there's certain markings you can look for, like crown tattoos, a name uh, a name you know in cursive underneath the crown, which sure. is king so and so. They all kind of carry that same, I guess, uh, same kind of uh, moniker. All of them do. And again, I cannot stress this enough. If you are, you know, at a hotel anywhere, I don't care if it's a hotel, I don't care if it's the Falcons game, but if you see, you know, something that you think is suspicious, I mean, the the GBI, we've got an app called uh, See Something, Send Something. It's an app you can download on the phone. You can remain anonymous and literally text and say, hey, you know, this is what I got. Mm-hmm. And it goes directly to our, our watch desk. It's manned 24-7. And there's, you know, a GBI personnel there that, you know, will get it to where it, it needs to go. But I can't harp on that enough. Like, if you see something, you know, something just doesn't sit right with your gut. I mean, see something, say something. Yeah. Um, 
that's what we say a lot. Be the voice of the voiceless because they don't have a voice. Sure. Yeah. So that I, I, I definitely want to download that app for sure on my phone. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to tell one story before we get out of here and then I'm going to give you one more thing. Um, but, uh, this story, this is one of the stories that, that I had learned about. Um, and it just kind of not to, not to give it the whole big long drawn out, um, just kind of show you how easy everything happens, how dangerous it is. So this girl, her family, uh, she had a normal family, normal life, normal childhood. And she, um, she and one of her friends, I believe she was 17, 17 years old, and her other friend, high school friend, 17. They had went out, just normal day, hanging out wherever. And these two girls, about their same age, maybe in their 20s, early 20s, they approach her and her friend. Hey, we're new in town. We don't know anybody. We don't know anything to do. What's fun to do here? You know, just really outgoing, real bubbly personality. And they're like, well, you can float the river, or you can go to the mall, or you can do this. This happened in California, so it's not not in Rome okay. or Georgia. Um, so they exchange numbers and they meet up the next day and they hang out, float the river or whatever they did, went went eat dinner, whatever. And uh, one of the new friends says, "Hey, my uncle's coming into town, and he um, he helps book concerts, and we are going to." whatever festival it is. It's a three-day festival. We got backstage passes to meet all the bands. We're going to do all this stuff. Going to have a great time. Do you all want to go? You don't have to pay anything. Just pack you an overnight bag. We'll be going two days, and we'll be back. You know. I got a feeling I know where this story is going. So this girl is like, yeah, this sounds awesome. It sounds fun. Sounds like a good time. She may have been 18. I believe she was 17. Anyways, her friend says, no way. That's crazy. I'm not going. And she's like, are you sure? It'll be fun. We'll just be gone two days. And she's like, yes, I'm positive. I don't want to go. And so the two girls come to pick up the other girl that wants to go, 17-year-old. They go to pick her up, and they bring their uncle. Uncle's a black guy, and the the two girls, they're white girls. you know. Mm. So obviously not their uncle. Right. But this guy has... They have got the balls to go to this girl's house, see where she lives, meets their mother, picks up the clothes, and they leave. Well, mom gets a weird feeling. Mom texts her as soon as they leave. She don't hear nothing. So she texts her again, nothing. She's like, okay, I'm going to call her. So she calls her. Phone goes straight to voicemail. So she knows then immediately something's wrong. Because her daughter may not answer two text messages, because mine don't. Sure. But if you call her, she's going to answer the phone, because she knows she's in trouble if she don't answer the phone. So she can't get in touch with her. Phone's going to voicemail, voicemail, voicemail. Days go by. She luckily went to high school with a gentleman who was in, um, he was, uh, what does the president have with him? Secret Service. Oh, okay. So she's childhood friends with somebody in the Secret Service. So she gets the information to him of what kind of car they drove, what the guy looked like, what the two girls looked like. And he said, give me 10 minutes. I'm going to call you right back. So he calls her back 10 minutes. And this girl's been gone three days now. Police won't help. 
I believe she was I believe she was eighteen, that's why they didn't get involved. Okay. Because she's eighteen. She agreed to go with these people. We're not gonna you know, not that big a deal to us. It happens all the time. Which and you can see in their in their defense, she's eighteen years old and she wanted to go to a concert and mom said go ahead and go. Why are they gonna get involved now? You know? Yeah. So they end up getting in touch with um it's it's the most group. It's men against sex trafficking. It's a big big organization. And um and well I'm sorry, it's the Guardian Group, which is tied with most now. But anyways, so somebody from Guardian Group calls mom back and they said, Okay, we've tracked her phone and she they were supposed to go to I believe they were going to I can't remember like two hours they're supposed to be two hours away at this music festival. Well, they were in Los Angeles, like gone, like 14, 12 hours away from where they were supposed to be. And so the pimp, the guy, the kidnapper, the abductor, he even calls the mom on his phone. Says, hey, I know you're probably worried about your daughter, and we are too. She had too much to drink. We think she took took something at the concert, and she ran off, and we can't find her. So if you would, please, we're so worried about her. If she calls you, please tell us where she is so we can go pick her up. We will get her right back home. we just worried about her safety. They're going to find her. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So mom had already talked to these people, and they said, this is probably what's going to happen next. So she had a heads up that they're going to try to – talk to her, play good cop, you know, and say, hey, we just want to find her, we want to help her, get her back home to you. And so mom played along. She's like, oh, she's like, oh yes, if she calls, you know, keep your phone on. If she calls, I'll make sure that uh, that that I call you. So well, anyways, so another couple of days goes by, and then her phone rings. It's a number that she don't recognize, and it's her daughter. And she's like, where are you? What's going on? And she's like, like still 14 hours away. And this guy, he, uh, he was a McDonald's employee. He left work one night and he found her sitting on the sidewalk, curled up crying. And he said, he knew that something was wrong. Like, this is what we talked about. When you know something's wrong, don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. He said, what's wrong? What's going on? You look like you're on the wrong side of town. She said, I don't know where I'm at. I've been kidnapped and I've been running for three days. I have no idea where I'm at. So she got away from him. Yeah. She'd been running. They've been looking for her. So, anyways, he told the mom, he's like, he, he said, I have her. She's at my apartment. Uh, I'm going to go buy her some clothes. I will make sure she's safe, and then I will drive her to the airport myself, put her on a plane, send her back home. And so, all this transpires. She gets back home. Well, the story that she tells is even worse than the one I just told. So as soon as she gets into this vehicle with this man and these two other girls, and there was another girl, I think there was three girls, they took her phone and took the battery out of the phone immediately before she was looking. It was in her purse. They just reached and took it out. And somebody stabbed her in the neck and shot her up with heroin Mm. and kept her wiped out. When she came to, she was being raped by the man that abducted her. And not only did that happen, but in that same day, he had already sold her four times. Like she had been raped four more times by four different dudes that, that same day that they picked her up. Yeah. And everybody's in on it. Like everybody's in on it. So 
she's safe now. She's back home. And they did end up catching this guy. They ended up catching the guy. I think they caught the girls as well. They went to jail. But when I say this, and and, and when I'm saying this, and, and the reason I'm saying this is because don't think it's just men that are doing it. Yeah. The, you, the, your your young girls are more comfortable around females. Absolutely. And they use that to their advantage. And they have these women that are going out. Same thing as R. Kelly. He did the same thing for years and years and years. You look at Epstein. He did the same thing for years and years and years. And he used Ghislaine. And then Ghislaine had younger girls under her that would go out and do the same stuff to, to groom and pull these girls in. But tell your girls, tell your daughters, even tell your sons, don't be just afraid of men, strange men. Right. Because it ain't just strange men that's doing all this mess. Well, I mean, like you said, I mean, you kind of adapt. And, you know, they know now that people are looking for things. You know, they've done a better job of, of educating the hotels and stuff like that. So, like you said, girls don't, you know, they, they're looking for old guys like you and me, sure. you know, coming in there. But what they're not suspecting is, you know, they send – you know, a, a girl this the nice same age, girl yeah. the same age, that's that, got nice clothes and oh yeah, and I want to be hair. your friend. Yeah. Let's go party. Let's go drink. You know, let's go to this concert. Backstage passes. Yeah, I mean, most girls would do just like that girl. And it's like, that, oh yeah, it's that whole thing. If it sounds too good to be true, it's probably it's is. too good to be true. Yeah. Well, she's fortunate that a decent human being found her. Absolutely. You know, because most of the time, stories don't end up with a. a I won't say a happy ending, but a good ending sure. like like that one did. So, um, but again, I I know I'm like beating a dead horse, but it's that's why it's so important. I promise you, nobody's gonna be mad. In fact, I if you call nine one one, they go out there and they look at it. I hope you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, that's fine. I, I have no problem to be with wrong. That. Yeah, I, I want you to be wrong. I want it to be you know the wrong, you know, thing. Hey, you know, look, everything's cool. You know, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary here, you know, good deal. Hey, perfect. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, two more things. I keep reaching back here and knocking all this stuff off my shelf. <laughs> um, these are kind of alarming stats that I'm going to leave us with. And I've, and I said this once on, on a couple of podcasts too. And I, and I, I did not realize there was such an addiction to porn. I had no idea that was that was a huge addiction. I, I had no idea. So I want to leave you with this, these two things. Every single day, there's 35 million videos or images of child pornography downloaded every single day. Wow. They don't take a day off. It's Christmas. We're not going to. No, it's every day. Okay. Most of these girls that get into this, uh, to get in, that get into this start at 14 years old. So they've either been groomed or they've been abducted. They've been trafficked for years. They've been raped countless times every single day for God knows how long. So the next time you got to think about if you're looking at pornography, you're thinking, well, it's just, I don't look at kids. I don't look at that stuff. You know, it's just adults I look at. Everybody does it. It's not a big deal. If you think for one second the people that film pornographic movies with adults are not tied in with the same group of people that's selling that same garbage that's tied into children, you're sadly mistaken. A drug dealer don't sell just one kind of drug. They sell multiple drugs. They sell, matter of fact, they sell what they're going to make the most money on. That's right. And so the next time... You 
you get the urge to to look at pornography and I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to get holier there and convict anybody for any uh, sins or anything like that. Um, I just want you to realize that when you, when you're looking at it, you're looking at somebody's mom, you're looking at somebody's sister, you're looking at somebody's child, or you might even be looking at somebody's baby. That's the things that that's, that's where it stacks up. Yeah. Um, the group of people that, that I've been talking to and communicating with. It's been a few months ago, maybe six, seven months. Nah, not that long. Four months ago, they had raided a house in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. and they rescued 11 kids out of that house. And one of them was a nine-month-old baby who had a tracking device embedded into its heel. Mm. And the baby died at the hospital Mm. because it had so much trauma. Uh, It didn't make it. So... These same people, these same monsters, are the same people that's selling these videos, selling these images, putting it online. Uh, the other disturbing part of this, and, and we'll wrap it up here. I'll let, I'll leave you with some with some parting shots. Um, you got fifty. I'm sorry, five point five to six point billion dollars was made in the United States off of sex trafficking. In so the billion, billion with a B. Wow. The average age of those those people started in the in the life uh, thirteen to fifteen years old. Each transaction ranged about a hundred bucks, average a hundred bucks. You can break it down, and that means there's fifty five to sixty million transactions made last year in sex trafficking in the United States alone. In the United States, we are the largest consumer of child pornography in the world. The United States is. Yeah, that's that's not one of those uh, stats to be proud. No, of. it's not. It's it's sad. It's really sad. So that's the things that I just want you. to, You know, we did this. Be aware. Be vigilant. Pay attention. Take a look around. If you think something's weird, if you see something, say something. I, I'm with you 100 percent on that. I know it sounds so cliche, but I mean, literally, if you see something, say something. You're literally saving somebody's life, and maybe a whole group of people that. Uh, that are somewhere else being held up waiting for their turn to go out and work, you know? So it's, 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 it's super important. And we got other things that we're going to follow up on this, this specific episode episode with, um, I can't talk for some reason. Um, but there's other things that we want to kind of, we want to get into as far as, um, you know, some other, some other things that we can help people be aware, whether you're a parent with a child or whether you're just a person that goes out a good bit, and you can see, you know, that, that you're, you know, like we go to Atlanta a good bit. You and I, I mean, you go to Braves games and Falcons yeah. games, and we do too. You know, we're always out Chattanooga doing stuff. Um, I can tell you since I've started this, I, man, maybe it consumes me a little bit. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe I, I pay attention to it too much. Do you know? But like, I can't not anymore. Like when the Super Bowl came to Atlanta a few years ago, you know, they were, I, and I, I wish I had, pulled the numbers, but they were expecting, you know, just a ridiculous number. I mean, they were they were literally preaching to everybody, you know, like, you know, be vigilant, look around, because with the Super Bowl being in town like that, it was prime time. Oh, for, the World Cup. Yeah. The World Cup is one to, of the worst. And but you know, and and maybe you see it different than I do. If you if you watch the news when they're talking about that, they're like it's they kind of make super light and like, oh, it's gonna be, you know, like it's like a 
oh, there's going to be sex trafficking going on by the by the hundred thousands. You know, they don't really make it like it's like a. I don't know. They really don't put that big of an emphasis on it in the in the news to me. Well, and and again, I think I'm not, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think you know they are taking steps in the right direction, bringing awareness to sure. this. Yeah. Um, you know the the governor, the the first lady. This this is a huge you know ordeal, a huge initiative mm-hmm. for her. Um, and you know, again, is, is it a perfect system? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But I think we're we're at least heading in the right direction, and we're a lot better off than we were, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we're not. Gonna, I'm not going to get political on here because uh, I try not to do that. But um, I know Trump had recently came out and said that if he is reelected as a president, one one law that he'll make is if you're caught trafficking children in the United States of America, you'll be sentenced to death. I don't know if he can do that, but man, I'm okay with it. My, feel, I, my feelings ain't hurt at all about it. I, I'm not sure if he can do that either. I know the uh, the uh, <laughs> be, the he, legislative he, side <laughs> usually uh, makes the laws. Right? But, uh, no, I mean I, that that is one of those. I those think it's crimes. A, I think I it's mean, a real fear that needs to be put put in. These people need to understand. Absolutely, it's, it's never acceptable. It's not acceptable on any level, and there's no forgiveness for it. No, yeah. I. I Agree totally. Yeah, Gee, man, I I thank you so much again. I know you're super busy, and I'm 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 so glad we got to come in and talk about this. And I know we got some other topics coming up down the down the road that you and I are going to explore. Sure. And I'm looking forward to that. And uh, and uh, stay safe out there. And and I hope uh, go catch some bad guys. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me on. It's my first podcast. Hope I didn't run off. Oh too many God, of your no, listeners. Man. You so. actually you put some validity <laughs> on this one, so we appreciate. <laughs> No, I, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate you asking me on. Good deal. All right. Well, I'll try to figure out a way to get it cooler in here. We're we're in the hot <laughs> box today, so have a good evening. All right. Thank you.